So they have they have a plan. We talking about the, what Bucks? The Tampa Bay? Yes. Yeah, Tampa they have Bay. a plan. Spend a lot of money on old players and hope it pays off for two years before Brady retires. Plan done. I didn't even charge you for that. That's free. You're welcome. <laughs> Pay ESPN monthly to tell me that crap. They have a plan. Yeah, win more games. Don't have a quarterback that throws 40 picks. Done. Done. That's some science for you. So the, Sean Payton says the NFL wasn't ready for pass interference replay reviews. Done. What? what? They weren't ready because it didn't work. That's why, he's, that's why he's saying that. Oh, he just says it's facts. It's not, it's not to sound critical. It's just facts. Well, yeah, every, every, everything from every angle, no matter what, is a fact nowadays. So it tells you what facts are worth. That's ridiculous. It's okay, Sean. You're better there's, off not. There's like a like a lot of people. Yeah. You're better off not saying anything. Yeah. You're better off just moving on. From yeah. Your plan didn't work. It was a bad idea. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a tough sell anyways, and it didn't work. Well, but he pushed it through. He it's pushed not, it because on the committee. Right. He, him and him and uh, uh, McKay from the. Uh, from the Buc- what is he on the Bucks? I think he's the GM for the Bucks. Oh, they have a plan too. And yeah, there's a plan. And they have a plan. They have a plan. Sean Payton has a plan. Everybody has a plan. It's so nice. I love when a plan comes together. All right. Sweet. Let's talk about some sports. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and random happenings from around the world of sports. And today on the agenda, we have the Falcons, who apparently, despite signing Todd Gurley, don't have any idea what his health status is. Correct. Which is par for the course for Atlanta. We have our first ever episode of Sport Court, which I... We playing the part of the defense, defending Major League Baseball against Ben suggesting that baseball is dead. I disagree, and you're going to find out the reasons why. Then, the Packers apparently were the only team in organized sports who had any kind of foresight and actually have, essentially, a rainy day fund so they can continue basic operations without having to furlough or straight up fire people in case a situation like we're in now broke out. Right. But first, the Major League Baseball owners presented their plan for reopening with the Players Union. And to put it mildly, it didn't go well. No, it didn't. I, I, I... Blake Snell's an idiot. Can I just say it? He's an idiot. Why is he an idiot? He's an idiot because he is now the voice of Major League Baseball. Okay. Because he put his statement out, well, actually, it was more like it was a, a video interview. But because he put this statement out, he is now the face of baseball baseball players. Because it's only his voice talking right now. Now, players may agree with him, but they haven't publicly said it. Well, in that case, if you publicly, if well, in that case, if you disagree. There's all sorts of forums for people who are starving for sports right now mm-hmm. to go on to and voice your opinion. If you disagree with him that vehemently, I actually, and I thought when I read the, the headline, 
He says he's not going to play under the essential revenue sharing. Yep. Uh, the, the, apparently, they have suggested that players are not going to get their contractually obligated salaries um, for, for obvious reasons because you're not playing all those games. But not only that, but you're going to get a 50-50 revenue share of whatever actually comes in. And they don't like that. And here's the only thing. I can understand that because, and I did not know this until I did more research, did you know that when they first had discussions about making the plan to reopen, the players had, and the players' union already agreed to reduce salaries based proactively based on the number of games they played with their contracts. So then why is he coming out saying he won't pay for a reduced pay? Because they're not talking about even paying them the, the, the prorated amount. They're talking about paying them the revenue they get with no fans there, splitting that with them. So in other words, the owners are getting, still getting the TV money, still getting all that deal, but the players aren't getting a cut of that now because it's revenue sharing. And it, it, the, the money coming in doesn't, it's, it's, I'm honestly just not smart enough uh, financially to explain it in a way where I won't sound like a bumbling idiot. But the way that the money comes in and what it's what it's filed under, a lot more of that would go to the owners than the players. And there's no revenue coming in for these games. So essentially, you'd have, like, however they decide they're going to try to make money while this goes on, you would have that money being split with the players and the owners. You're not going to have any revenue from the parks. I mean, as you know, with the parks, concessions, all that stuff, that's not going to happen. Right. Like, you're not going to see a fan in attendance in a Major League Baseball game in 2020. It's not happening. Despite what you think, whether it should or shouldn't be, it's not going to happen. So now you have um, you have players who have already agreed to a prorated reduced salary based on the number of games they played, who are now being told, well, you agreed to that. Now we're going to try to chop you again. I do disagree with Blake Snell saying, acting like, he's acting they're, like he, they're, they're risking their lives, like they're on the yeah, front line of a war out there, because they're going to have, they're going to be tested before every game, they're going to have precautions out the wazoo, and, I mean, they're going to have the cleanest and best facilities they can possibly have. There's a lot of people out there right now, while this is going on, who are risking their life, and I think that's very disrespectful of somebody who's going to be playing in those conditions to say towards those people. And um, I don't agree with that. But as far as looking at the owners and going, no, we already agreed to a pay cut. We're not taking another pay cut. If you can't figure this out, let's just play in 2021 and say, screw it. Be done with it. But he's saying he's he wants to get paid this, the, the money he signed to be getting paid, which implies to me he wants all $7 million that he signed for. Well, if that's the case, then he needs to screw up. He said, he said it directly. I If I'm going to play... I should be getting the money I signed for to be getting paid. And okay. I understand I understand if you don't want reduce. They, they, you don't I can understand it, but you should understand one thing. You are not playing 162 games. Right. So you already off the top should accept that you're not going to get your full amount because you're not producing the amount of games you signed for. Yeah, I do agree with that. I thought I thought he was saying he didn't like the fact that they were cutting it again. Like, if he's whining, he still wants his full amount. He needs to deal with the fact he's not going to get that because the players' union already agreed to play for prorated pricing. But he's they're saying not, he, they're not agreeing to again getting slashed and getting almost nothing. That's what they're not agreeing to. He's saying he's he's now saying, but it's it, he is unwilling to accept multiple reductions of salary. Okay, that's one thing. 
you're unwilling to accept multiple reductions in salary. If you just said that, right, fine. Right. But in his next, the next comment he makes is, what do I mean it should not be a thing? It should be 100% be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. That tells me you want the $7 million yeah, that you sound, signed yeah. for. That is what it sounds like. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half. On top of the 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. And then he's talking about taxes. Which, by the way, you start talking about taxes, that everyone's going to turn you off. Because right. everyone pays taxes. Yeah, no one's going to feel sorry for a guy making $2 million a year paying taxes. When there's people out there making fifty grand getting fleeced. So, if his comment, sorry, Blake. If his comment was just, I'm unwilling to accept multiple reductions, and he left it at that, okay. Or if he just mentioned, um, I'm not willing to go out and risk my life because I have children and, and family right. and family members, and I don't want to risk it, and you left it at that, you'd have support. But since you decided to say, I should be getting the money I signed for 100% for 82 games, maybe, no. I'm done with you, and now you're the face of this statement for the MLB players. Well, I don't. I don't feel bad about that because, like I said, as far as any other player goes, they have they have as much ability to go on any kind of social media, whether whether that be um, Instagram or or Twitter or um, he did uh, Blake, Blake Snow. Blake Snow did that on Twitch, I believe. So while he's playing a game, yeah, which is fine. Um, but I mean. You're not going to. You're not. He's not winning the fans. No, and that's the thing. Like anybody, I mean, oh, I know what I was going to say. Anybody can go out and say what they want to say. So as far as him being the face, yeah, I, I agree. He was the first one to come out. I get it. But at, at the same point, anybody else can come out and say, "No, I disagree." Um, and we've all been, and rightfully so, because like I said, he's a national treasure. We've been applauding Trevor Bauer for his openness with his opinions for the past several months regarding everything from Astros to Rob Manfred. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, oh, Blake Snow should shut his mouth. But you are very much correct when it comes down to, he didn't say, hey, I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about going and catching something and bringing it home to my wife or children. He made it about money. So essentially what he's saying is uh, there's a price on how much I'm willing to pay, or, or excuse me, a price on how much I'm willing to be paid to put my life in danger, and that's what it's about. It's not about health. It's not about anything else. It's about getting my money. You're going to have a hard time winning fans over with that attitude. Uh, Trevor Bowers is saying some stuff, and I don't want to distract. I don't want to sit here and read it while you're uh, you're trying to talk to me. But he, 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 he's he been spouting some stuff off um, in regards, because people ask a question. Apparently, Trevor Bauer is a open book, and he will talk to literally anybody. Uh, if they have a comment. So I want to do some more reading on what Trevor Bauer is saying because it seems like Blake Snell was playing his game while he was on Twitch and maybe was asked a comment on his Twitch stream and he went on this because he said, bro, I'm risking my life. So clearly he's talking to some some commenter on his Twitch stream. It's And I get what you're saying. Everyone else has got their own, but he's the first and it's apparently very loud that it's because it's on ESPN, but there's enough on ESPN.com, but there's nobody else there. 
In fairness, though, anything's going to be loud right now if it's sports related because there's so few stories coming out. I mean, I, I mean, an hour before we started recording this, I mean, you essentially told me about this because I was, I was preparing my defense for the the life of baseball. Um, but I mean, I didn't really even know this was going on. But everything is so, everything is so sports deprived and just new content deprived that anything is going to be news. So as far as all that goes, I don't get, I mean, I, I, I do kind of retract my statement because initially I thought he was complaining to the owners about, Hey, you slashed our pay once we agreed to that. We, you know, we, 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 that was sensical because it's a pro rated amount of games, but now we're not going to do it again. But if he's just saying, I don't care what the union agreed on. I want my money or I'm not playing. That's not the point of the players union. And the players union's not going to stand for that. And, and, and I'll throw this at you. So two things. So Cash, his, uh, Kevin Cash, his, his manager, came out. And he stayed, he straddled that fence very well. Because he, he diverted from, uh, from Blake Snell. And he went to talking about his, the fans and the community. And all the first responders are out there working, rough time. We support them. And just, so he, he, he ducked and dodged and went into the room. Which is fine. That's what Cash should do. He should right be right down the middle because it's his player, but it's also his organization. Yeah, say a whole lot of nothing. What do you think about Blake Snell, who later texted the Tampa Bay Times, acknowledging that he realizes his comments on the video could be perceived as greedy? I'd say they were probably perceived the exact way they should be taken, honestly. Right. Because I honestly, like I said, I was preparing other research. I didn't see that second part where he had said... I want 100% of what I signed for. Like that's 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 not what the players union agreed to. You have a players union to speak for the players. Like you you can't start breaking that. Like you, if good luck to him anytime he may need something from the players union down the road. If he decides that woe is me, I'm only going to make 2 million dollars this year. I'm not going to play because I'm risking my life. That wasn't about risking his life. That was like I said earlier. That was about him just wanting his money because he made it about that when he said, if you really feel like you're risking your life and you're in danger, money's not going to matter. Right. Money's not going to matter. There's a lot of people out there making far less money than him right now that legitimately are putting themselves in harm's way that do it because they have to. They're not a pampered athlete that gets to sit there in quarantine with the finest of everything. And I don't want to hear that, oh, well, he hasn't signed his big contract yet. Dude's still making like nope. five, six, seven million dollars a year. He did sign his big contract. I got it right here. At 26 years old last year, because he's, he's entering his second year of his five-year $50 million contract. So oh, age, that's right, yeah. So at age 31, he'll be a free agent. That's right. But he chose to take this five-year $50 million because he's had injury issues, even though he has a Cy Young. He said, I know I have injury issues. I'm going to need to get what I can now. Right. Because who knows what I'm going to look like at age 31. Maybe I'll get my big contract. I doubt it. But maybe I will. So he's upset because now he took a, a, a Tampa Bay Rays discount deal. Like they always try to get their players to sign. And if he's going to lose any dollars off of that, he understands that he's never going to get that back. Well, it's just... Bad optics for him to be saying anything about money at this point when he doesn't want to play because he's not going to get his full money when he could just let Tony Clark, who we all know what he is. 
He is the union leader. He's also a little bit of a, a little bit of an ass. Oh, he's a lot of an ass. But he, but that's his job. Yeah. So you're no, he does off, his job, but very well. But yeah. we know what he is. We know he's 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 a demanding players' union, and they're very powerful. You're better off letting him talk. Right. You're better off letting him spout off. Yeah. Because we already know what his 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 mindset's from, and he's not playing. So you don't have to have this concept of wow, he he's he wants all the money he can get for for playing what how many games. He is just the union leader. But you're coming out and saying this stuff on your Twitch stream while you're playing a video game. Bad optics, bad move, and I'm, I'm going to stand by that statement. He is the face of the Major League Baseball players right now because of what he said. Well, he, here's the thing, too. If the players' union agreed to play for a reduced salary... What's and, the argument? Well, no, 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 not only that. But if he refuses to play... That's grounds to terminate his contract. I would venture a guess to say yes, because and, now they are the contracts are fully guaranteed. So, providing he was willing to play, if he signed a fifty million dollar contract and the next day he tore, you know, he needed Tommy John surgery and could never pitch again, he's going to get that fifty million dollars because it's fully guaranteed in baseball. But if your players' union agreed to it, which you're part of, and then you refuse to play, okay, you've had injury issues. You could be costing yourself a lot of money right here, which is apparently what you're all worried about. Because it, it, he, the way he already phrased it, it's clearly not about health. It's not a health concern. No, it's not a health. That would have been the first thing that came out of his mouth. Not money, money, money. And uh, I, I have no problem with again, but anybody making as much money as they can, just be straight up about it. Don't be, be don't both BS it. Um. But yeah, this could be grounds to terminate the entire contract. So what if he, what if he gets his contract terminated and he goes out and he ends up hurting himself? And he can't pitch again. Then he goes from Mr. Big Shot to... Nothing. Everyday guy. And is any team going to touch him after this? Maybe they'll give him a one-year... Show-me deal, maybe. Veterans minimum. But you're not going to be... You're not You're not going to have that $50 million rolling in for the next five years. It's going to set you for life. And even if so, you have a good season, are they going to invest in a long-term contract when you're 27 now? Let's say the season doesn't happen. You're 28 next year, and they sign you on a veterans minimum... Well, now you're 29 going into free agency. Are you? Are teams going to look at you and say, Ugh, do I want to give him five? Do I want to give him six? Maybe I just want to give him two and two and ten or two and 15 and say that's it. Because right now he's looking at 30, age 31 and he's going to be – it's going to be iffy, especially yeah, if he if, doesn't hold up. If you're, thir- if, if you're a, a, a finesse or even slight power pitcher at 31 with no injury history, no problem. Like it's not like a running back where you're you're ancient at that age, but if you're a smaller frame guy, oh yeah, he's with, a he is, frame. with his injury history going in on the other side of thirty, that's a whole different contract negotiation now. So I that's, mean, that's why Lester's working out because when he was younger, we know he was a very wiry guy. Yep. But we saw over time, Johnny bulked up. Johnny got built. Johnny enjoyed some of the restaurants down around in, in the greater Boston area, that's for sure. And now he's just enjoying them in Chicago. But I can't blame him. Dude, Boston and Chicago both have phenomenal food, so I can't absolutely. blame the guy. But I'd he, be 500 pounds if I lived there. But he was a, he was a bulk, he's a bulky guy with a lot of built to him, like CeCe Sabathia, big bulky guy. So he could take the workload, take on. Right. Blake Snell? Yeah, he can't do that. You know who? You know who's going to be? Clay Buckholz. Yeah. And by the way, he's that's still a really good. That's a really good example, actually. Yeah, and he's he's probably he's still pitching. Clay is still pitching, but 
he ain't getting no crazy money. It's just it's just bad bad looks all around. On the bright side, it appears, however, that the universal designated hitter will be approved. Oh, that's good. So we won't have to watch, and we do watch our eighty games of baseball. We won't have to do it watching a pitcher, you know, feign what we like to refer to as hitting. Yeah, because there's what three pitchers in the entire league that can hit. Yeah, if that. Oh, I'm sorry. So. There's one in Cincinnati, but he plays outfield as well. Jer- uh, uh, Lorenzen, Jared, I think it's not Jared Lorenzen. Well, Jared Lorenzen was a quarterback. Right, he was a quarterback. Lorenzen is his last name. I don't remember his first name, but he yeah. plays outfield and he's a relief pitcher. Oh, huh, okay. But yeah, I agree that they they should just get a get a lot. Now a lot of people agreed with you on that. Uh, a lot of people liked what you had to say about the uh, the DH rule. Um, it is it it's I, I looked it up, Chris. It was in the seventies they did a they did the rule. Yeah. So now forty plus years. Yeah, it's time. It's it's time to go, guys. Like it's not. It slows the game down. It, it doesn't. It doesn't help anything. You get pitchers get hurt. The green. game. I mean, uh, you know, you have rallies that that can really make the game more exciting, and they get stopped because oh, base is loaded, down by two. You know, obviously, you know, probably don't have a pitcher hitting in the ninth inning with that with that happening. But you know, fifth inning, and now the pitcher comes out and he hits the ground out because we can't take one of the game because we need him in the game. And it doesn't to me. It doesn't. There's a place for strategy. To me, that doesn't add strategy to the game. That just unnecessarily makes it yes. move slower. And I mean, I, I don't know. It's not for me. I'm I. I'm not against it if they don't. But I really don't give a damn about the D, uh, the uh, the pitcher hitting. I've, I've always been an American League guy, anyways. I'm a Sox fan. Always have been. So I mean, maybe if you're more attached to a National League team, maybe you have a different feeling towards that. But for me, I don't I don't get it. I think it, it's more entertaining. You're the only sport that two leagues have, have different, different yeah roles. different policies, right? It's ridiculous. Well, we're gonna move on, much like Todd Gurley did to Atlanta. And apparently, despite knowing he had knee injuries, despite Gurley, I believe, only three off-seasons ago, signing his massive contract extension with the L.A. Rams, having a great season, helping the team in the Super Bowl, not being able to play very much in said game, or down the stretch for the playoffs, to be honest, not doing much last year, despite Sean McVay saying he wasn't on a, quote, pitch count. Uh, he clearly was. He clearly was not the same player. Something was... I shouldn't say he's not the same player. He was effective when he was used, but he wasn't used the same way he was the previous year. Right. Then he was just straight up released earlier this offseason. Mm. And knowing all that, Atlanta still, I mean, almost immediately, almost immediately signed him to a one-year, I believe it was $3 million deal? 5.5. 5.5. Oh, even more than I thought. Okay. It came out today, the offensive coordinator came out today and said that he, as well as other higher-ranking team officials... Have no idea of Todd Gurley's health status at all. Clueless. Now, I know this is Atlanta, and they're not exactly known for their um, logic when it comes to contracts. Yes. Hence, Matt Ryan taking up like 40% of the salary cap. Uh, uh, J- uh, Grady Jarrett taking up an insane chunk as a defensive tackle. Yeah. And Julio Jones taking, I mean, Julio's awesome, but I mean, still a lot for somebody to take up. Picking up $22 million a year. Uh, despite all that, it's still shocking to me that I know team facilities are closed. Yes. But you can still, from home remotely, do anything 
remotely that you can. And while a lot of things are closed, doctor's offices aren't one of them. And I venture to guess Todd Gurley has a personal physician who's probably still very much in business right now, who could get some x-rays, who could get some information and discuss it with, I don't know, anybody from the Falcons front office who would care. So this guy's going to show up whenever they decide to start, whenever they're able to start. Because Goodell came out today and with, with a memo yeah. that said team facilities are still shut down until further notice, but they will find out more later this week. Right. And I, I, you know, the way Goodell's handled this, I'm sure there'll be more information later this week. So um, it's surprising because his, um, his first statement was <clears throat> to the Atlanta Journal-Constitute, the main question is no one seems to know is what his health status. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Call him. So Zoom him. Talk to him in some fashion. I'm sure Todd Gurley can tell you how Todd Gurley's feeling. So I guess the, the, the way they minimize the risk is they put language in his contract that protect both the team and Todd Gurley. Because obviously Todd Gurley's not going to sign a contract if, it just, if it's just team-friendly. So apparently there is language. So I'm guessing the 5.5 is the peak he can hit. And I'm sure there's a lower number that he could potentially hit as far as dollar figures if he doesn't um, hit certain markers in his contract. Uh, I don't feel like putting up that uh, website because it screws up my computer too much. Yeah, I don't do that. Um, But... I'm only going to guess here without not knowing what um, Thomas Dimitrov and uh, uh, Quinn, 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 I don't remember his first name. I, I always forget his first name. Um, but what their thought process were on signing him, I can only guess is they offered him a contract um, this healthy just because they had to t- they had to take the opportunity when they can get it. They didn't, they didn't want to wait till they could clear him medically because he could be signed by somebody else, is my guess. And they had to take an opportunity, especially cutting Devontae Freeman and not really having much behind him because, let's be honest, Ito Smith and whatever else garbage yeah, no. they had. I don't yeah. remember if, I don't remember them drafting anybody. I don't think so. Off the top of my head, but... That's not going to cut it. Yeah, they're going to need somebody. I mean... I mean even if they drafted one person, which I think they, I feel like they did, but I'm not 100% sure. If they did, it was very late. Um, but between Ito Smith, Todd Gurley, and whatever other semblance of garbage they have in the backfield, it's not gonna, it's not gonna produce much anyway to begin with. Because if you get 75%, 80% Todd Gurley, what he was, maybe you got something, but I don't think you're gonna get that. I don't think you're going to get that sustained 80% throughout the entire season, which is what you're going to need to be the Carolina Panthers with a new quarterback and a different feel on defense for their head coach and the Saints trying to come back with the running back, the same thing. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leading with Tom Brady and an offense that we don't know what it is. Looks good on paper, but you never know. But it it could go either way. The only one I would say, and this is scary to say, the only team that has continuity with a not advantage age quarterback 
and some semblance of an offense is the Falcons. Wow, I told you something. I know. You, you know what I thought was funny? I mean, I, I was kind of. I don't know why I'm surprised by the way the Falcons don't know what's going on with him because when he was released by uh, the Rams, apparently uh, Falcons Twitter blew up with everybody saying, "Come on, sign him, sign him, sign him." And the Falcons actually released a tweet saying, "We brought him home." Now I know he went to college in Georgia. Yeah, he went to college in Georgia. But Todd Gurley's from Baltimore. Baltimore's his home. Well, because so this is what happens, Chris. Georgia, Georgia is a college uh, college state. Right. When you go to their college, you are adopted by that state by rule. I don't know. I don't get it to either because. Terrell Pryor went to, uh, went to, was from, I think, a town in Pennsylvania. But Terrell Pryor went to school at Ohio State. So they treat him like their own. Huh. Just like Tom Brady went to Michigan, but where's, where's Tom Brady from? California. Yeah. No, no, I, and I, I, would, under, I would understand if, uh, if like, like the Bulldog, the Georgia Bulldogs released a tweet saying, Hey, welcome home, Todd, or something like that. I get that, but it, it it's like the Falcons. Like you had nothing to do with him before. He's not from. I, I don't, it, it's not a big deal. It was just kind of me. It's like it's weird. It's yeah. It's kind of like well, he, he's not from there, but okay, good job, guys. I mean, yeah. It, it's, don't don't let the fact the Falcons don't have a map late uh, distract you from the fact they blew a twenty to three lead. I, I agree, Chris. It is very very weird concept. Um, I'm sure if you uh, if you ask um, North Carolina. Um, state people um, is Mitch Trubisky uh, hometown boys like <clears throat> uh, who? no who? no who is that we don't, we're not familiar with that gentleman oh he went to your no he went to North Carolina we there. don't know Mike Trubisky sorry guys uh, as far as uh, the draft um, no they did not draft anybody uh, okay I thought they did draft a late round running back but I guess I was I, wrong. I'm guessing they're going by committee which. As we know, always works, right? Oh, yeah. Everything by committee always works phenomenally well in sports. Well, the Jets are going by committee, too, now. Did you hear that? Yeah, well, think about what you just said, and then I reaffirm my previous statement. I mean, Frank Gore is, is going to... I love Frank Gore, too, man. He's on, Frank Gore is, is, I mean, he is the only... Pre, I mean, a father time is undefeated, but Frank Gore is dodging him pretty good right now. Poor guy's going to get... Beat up. Yeah, he's gonna get brutalized on the Jets. It's unfortunate. He looked. But. He looked like he was done in Buffalo. Because, yeah, he had a rough uh, time. Devin uh, kind of overtook him. Now you're talking. Now you're talking about what the what should be one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, I don't know what he really looks like now because that year off. He, there's there's no way he's gonna get a sniff. You don't take Lev Bell off the field. You just don't. Well, Lev Bell played last year, right? Yeah. So so and he didn't play great, but. He didn't play bad either. I thought you said he took a year off. He took the year before. Oh, yeah, okay. So I don't know if that was just a year off Lev Bell. Right. And maybe the next year will be he'll be oh, the guy we think he is, the guy he was in Pittsburgh. But even then, you don't take him off the field. I think, I think Lev Bell is a combination of maybe a little bit of rust and a not stellar uh, offensive line for the Jets. An inconsistent quarterback play. Honestly, they had different quarterbacks and in and out all year. They fixed their they fixed their offensive line. Though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so they we'll find out. We'll, yeah, but they didn't fix their wide receivers. No, but no, they've been rebuilding for seventeen years. So give them time. So my point my point would be, Chris, if you don't replace because they didn't replace Robbie Anderson, 
Quincy Inouye. Can't use him when they had him. Quincy Inouye is already on the IR. He is not playing this year. Oh, wow, already? Yeah, they already put wow. him on the IR, and he's not playing this year. That sucks for him. So how do you run against eight or nine in the box? Carefully. I, I just don't think you do. It's impossible. Unless, of course, well, I mean, if you talk to Darnold, you know what he's going to say. Oh, we got our tight end. We're unstoppable. Yeah, well, Darnold's got to worry about not getting mono before or he actually play for six weeks before he starts talking. Or seeing ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Chris, I think, um, <clears throat> did we want to put court into session? Yeah, this is a new segment. It won't be, obviously, uh, every episode. It'll be... Do you want me to... What we have? I don't have a gavel. Sorry. Um, hold on. Wait a minute. There we go. Court's in session. This is Sport Court, and this is Major League Baseball defending against Ben Prescott. I will be representing Major League Baseball. Ben has stated several times, and I don't know whether he's just trying to be a troll and bother people. No, I believe this. Or, well, I only say that because you don't seem to want to take any facts into account. You just seem to want to say, no, it's dead. No, it's dead. No, No, it's dead. I, I just see how the sport is, how it's been turning the past few years. Now, it, it is interesting you say that because a lot of statistics we see would kind of weigh on the side of baseball's in a lot of trouble. And I thought that at first when I went into this, okay. I, 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 started, I thought about this yesterday. You're listening to this on, uh, on Friday, so I was thinking about this on Wednesday. Yep. And I wanted to look at the numbers and really dig into it and say, how bad is it really? Okay. Because there's the obvious things, and then there's the underlying things. And your argument I made to you was, well, NHL is a dying sport, too. No, and you said, I said NHL, I, I, now, I didn't think about this, in fairness. I, I meant in America. America doesn't so much care about the NHL, but it is popular around the world. Right. Okay, fair enough. So you're, so you're going to throw my argument against me, isn't it? There are certain no no. There are some aspects where you're not wrong. This isn't. And by the way, this is not a, a pile on Ben and trying to make him feel stupid because there are some arguments he made that the numbers do validate. But the outlook for Major League Baseball is not nearly as grim as Ben pounding the final nail in the coffin. Let's not even bother anymore. It's not nearly that bad. So I'm going to present some stats and some numbers, and because Ben is a reasonable person, despite with some. Some of our, our listeners may Chris, think. Chris, I can't find a person to agree with me. On what? On that it's dead. I've asked many, many people. I've had zero people oh, agree. Well, I think my case is a shoe-in that I'm one to know. All right, so let's let's break down some numbers first of all. Go ahead. And I cross-referenced everything I found because I didn't want to just go to one website. Could have been anything, random person just putting this up. I don't want I didn't want skewed statistics. Right. I went to more reputable sites and kind of cross-referenced everything. All right, that's so Makes sense. Uh, on a global level, I, I have a few little fun facts here, too, that aren't really baseball-related, but it's kind of like, well, really? Okay. No surprise, globally, the fan base with the biggest following is soccer. Globally is number one? Globally number one. 3.5 billion fans. That's because everywhere but America. Everybody in America is all about soccer. Yes. Number two, cricket. Cricket is very popular. Cricket. 2.5 billion fans. Fun fact, Chris, real quick. Cricket can sometimes take like a week to play one game. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, I've never actually played, but I heard it's, it can be very, uh, very um, hard pass. For yeah, me. I'm good. Surprisingly, for me, number three, 
basketball. Yes. I know it's big, but that is an estimated just slightly underneath cricket at 2.2 billion player people or fans. Excuse me. Then you get uh, field hockey at two billion, tennis at one billion, volleyball at 900 million, table tennis. That is correct at 850 million. This is fans, mind you, not players. Fans. So 850 million people around the world watch table tennis. Then we have baseball. 500 million fans. Then, below that, is American football. So statistically, on a global level, there are more baseball fans than there are football fans. American football, but not, not soccer. And then you have, you have golf bringing up the rear of the top ten, which is still very respectable, 390 million. But that really did surprise me, because I know, in Amer- as far as America goes... Football's number one. Yes. That's not debatable. That's not every every metric, every number supports that, makes that very clear. Football is number one far and away. Ratings-wise, revenue-wise, nobody touches it. But to find out that baseball is actually more beloved around the world than football did surprise me because NFL has been getting increasing popularity in Europe and some parts of Asia over the past you know decade or so. Now, participant-wise, people who actually actively play these games and are documented to play, so I'm not even talking about... Undocumented. Undocumented people who are playing... Well, that, that could sound really bad out of context. Um, undocumented players who are just playing in the park. Volleyball is the most played sport in the world. Yeah, I believe it. And then basketball. Volleyball is $800 million. And these are all estimates from the previous year or two. So I, it, everything's not up to date exactly. I did my best. But then, uh, here we go. Table tennis again. It's a popular sport. Table tennis, 300 million people. Soccer. We got cricket, badminton, and then baseball. Of the four major American sports, the dying sport is the top played around the world. I thought you said basketball was out of it. Excuse me. It's like second. I did say that. I got carried away. Funny how the two less violent sports are not on that list in hockey and yeah. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, which makes sense. So something else here. Okay. Now we're getting kind of into instead. That was kind of a global look at it because I did state that I, I believe baseball. To be extraordinary, not just major leagues, but like you have like the Nippon uh, League over in Japan, which is massive. There's a massive following in, in, in Japan and parts of China, uh, um, North uh, South Korea. It's just absolutely huge over there. And you did make the argument that, well, the NHL and, and hockey has, you know, Russia and a lot of the colder countries, which is not wrong. But the numbers are different because a lot of those countries are very sparsely populated. Correct. So... Uh, now I'm going to get into revenue. As I said NFL. These are from taken from uh, 2019 league revenues. Okay. NFL was second in worldwide popularity. Again, this this is not um, not to confuse you. This is not participants or uh, fans. This is viewership. This this is actual like like TV statistics. Eyeballs on the TV. Was that I, exactly? Yeah. Eyeballs on the TV. NFL was number one with, with revenue, fourteen point eight billion dollars in revenue. Second in popularity, 
average age of the fan 50 years old? Because the argument with baseball is the fans are, the sport is dying, Correct. and not to have a morbid tie-in, but a lot of the fans are getting up there in age also. Baseball, number two in revenue. Number two in revenue, mm-hmm. $10.7 billion. Fifth worldwide in popularity, average age of 57. Mm-hmm. So the older fan, is it is supported in those numbers as far as that metric goes. NBA, third, $8.7 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were actually third in worldwide popularity. Mm-hmm. So they were, ahead of, uh, they were ahead of popularity, but revenue-wise, the dying sport was still ooh, $2 billion better. If the NBA does have the well, lowest, also, um, average fan ba- uh, age at 42 years old. So they are, they are appealing to the younger audience. Because while you say 42 isn't necessarily younger, the amount of young fans it takes to bring that down from the 50s to 42 is very high. NHL, I mean, no, no knock. I'm not trying to knock hockey. Not a surprise. Brought up the rear. 5.7 or 5.1 billion revenue. Seventh in worldwide popularity. Uh, an average fan age of 49. So all of the sports do have kind of a higher average age. Baseball is the highest, but, I mean... It's not so egregious, especially when you add in fifth in popularity in the world of all sports leagues. This is all sports leagues worldwide. This isn't just baseball in general. This is just MLB mm-hmm. as a separate entity in a league. So then, some other fun factoids. They um, have the second highest um, um, revenue and viewership in America. Now, now, the previous metric was worldwide. This is in America. They have the second highest viewership. Uh, Ratings-wise, soccer is more popular and popular in the U.S. than hockey, which I don't think really surprises anybody a lot. But, I mean, I think maybe you thought maybe hockey could edge out soccer because soccer is not that popular. But No, it's very niche and there's uh, a lot of states that don't have hockey, but there's a ton of states that have soccer clubs. Yeah. Um and I would say hockey never grabs in southern states, even when they have a team. Uh, but in northern states, they are like gospel. Whereas soccer, like I, I get, I get if you like, like if you ask me which one's higher, soccer or hockey, I, I would probably guess hockey. But it wouldn't shock me to know that soccer was more views. No, I just rattled off for a good 8 to 10 minutes there Yep. as part of my defense. I do have some more statistics and, and numbers, but is there anything I said so far you would like to try to dispute? Um, dispute, no, but I would just ask this one question. What's that? So I have one stat in front of me that I was, I was poking around while you're, uh, yep. you're going on, and uh, I was going to throw a couple of stats at you, but you brought them up, so I'm not going to throw those at you. Um. This is a 2017 study, yep. uh, but this article was written in 2000, this year, or no, um, last, late last year? Yes, late October last year, uh, 2019. Um, only 24% of baseball fans are under the age of 35, compared to base- basketball, which has 45% 
of their fan base is under the age of 35. Well, it kind of supports the uh, supports the point of the, the fan base is a little bit older. However, when the fan base is so large, it makes it sound so negative. But when the fan base is millions and millions of people, that's still a lot of people. And I have some other numbers here that can kind of make you feel a little better about that. Shoot. Okay, so baseball did, for the sixth time in seven years, see a reduction in the number of attendance to live games last year. I would it, not attribute that to the game dying, though, because I would say, I would say, if you asked me straight up, said, Ben, would you, you want to sit down and watch a Sox game? I'm like, no. Nah. Ben, you want to go to Fenway Park? Yeah. Right, but he, and here's the funny part. There's a, there's, a diff, there's a different metric inside of that that makes a little bit more sense. Okay, it went down. It had, uh, yeah, it dropped about 1.7 uh, from 69 plus million to 68 plus million from 2019 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, minor league baseball, however, did increase 2.6 percent, and there was a, a there was a double digit increase in single game ticket and small package tickets purchased. Like you know, they have like the Sox packs. We yeah. have like four games. A double digit increase for the second straight year in those ticket sales. However, season tickets are falling, which I think is part of the falling revenue in attendance because season tickets, I think in baseball, you're going to see a lot of those things that uh, packages that were season tickets start to go away. I mean, as far as the areas that are like reserved just for that, because I don't think in today's world, you just, no one's going to a park 82 times a year. To sit there for six hours. Correct. It's exhausting. You don't want to. Do, I love the Sox. Even if I lived in Boston, I would not go 82 times and sit there for five and a half, six plus hours and deal with all those people. Wouldn't do it. That makes a lot of sense. But the increase, the increase in single game tickets tells you people still want to go. They just don't want to go 82 times. And, I mean, the finances, too. I mean, Major League Baseball tickets continue to rise in price. People people aren't going to pay all that much. Yeah, even when the teams are bad. So, um, and I think, because I don't have an argument with you that baseball in its current state needs to change. There's no argument there. My argument was it's not a dead sport. It's not even quite on life support. It does need to change, or it will get to that point, because... A 1.7% decrease from 2019 to 2018, or 2018 to 2019, excuse me, isn't a big deal in and of itself. But if you add 10 years of continuing decline, that's a problem. That's a big problem. So things do need to change. I'm not arguing that. I just am sitting there, people saying, the game is dead, the game is ruined, the game is... I think there's only one person saying that. Well, yeah. Well, I know know a lot of people. I was reading a lot of doom and gloom online when I was looking up these stats. And I dug some of these stats out of those articles, too. So, I'm not, I'm not trying to say everything's rosy and peachy and we can just keep going the way we're going everything's fine. However, I also think it's in, the game is in much better condition than a lot of people think it is. TV viewership has been down and attendance has been down. However, that does not... The viewership doesn't account for... Streaming or MLB.tv, which saw a 15% increase for, I believe, the second year in a row in 2019. So people are going from, hey, we're not going to the live games. 
hey, we're not watching on whatever cable network we have, mm-hmm. but we're going to pay the streaming service because we still want to watch the games. MLB app was launched over 2 billion times during the season, which is not 2 billion downloads, not 2 billion people, but 2 billion times people looked at it, which is a lot. It's a big number for those of you who, you know, didn't know 2 billion was a big number. Yeah. And more people, uh, excuse me, people stay on MLB-controlled apps longer than any other sports app. So longer than any NFL.com app or NHL.com app. So people are going, they're, they're, they're looking at it a lot, and they're staying and looking at more content. So they're staying for a reason. There's something entertaining there that they're looking at. And to your point about only 24% of fans being a certain age, mm-hmm. 167.9 million fans age 12 and up would refer to themselves as baseball fans. That's a big number considering the country itself is like 350 million. That's, that's a third of the country. And that's only people that they actually asked and said that to. So, um, on top of 24 of the 25 regional stations that broadcast local games say that the games, MLB games, when they broadcast them, are number one rated show in prime time. And baseball and softball participation grew by 25.6 million last year, making it the number one team sport by participation in America. So there's a lot of talk about youth isn't playing baseball, youth youth doesn't care. These numbers don't necessarily support that. Now, I'm not not saying they have the same kind of youth numbers as the NBA or anything. That'd be crazy. We we know the NBA is probably number one when it comes to young fans. NFL is probably number two. But it isn't this doom and gloom. It's only grandpa at 70 years old sitting there with his ham radio listening to the game and that's the only person who gives a damn that's, that's a visualization just for you, that's folks. not it and i say that as somebody who had a grandfather who sat there with well, i don't think it was a ham radio i think that's something different but he sat there with his radio every night despite having a tv listening to the game because he was just old school my my great grandfather had yeah so i think and you're not wrong about the nba excuse me you're not wrong about uh mlb not knowing how to market their young stars that's obvious they they, they don't I mean, the best thing they've probably done, as far as marketing young players, is having their MLB 20, the show, player league, while we've had this lockdown for, for the virus. Mm-hmm. That's been the most like engaged that the, the um, baseball has been with their fans in a long, long time. I mean, yeah, they have, oh, a picnic in the park at Fenway, you know, once or twice a year. But a ticket's like $700. No one's paying $700 to go have a mediocre hot dog on the third baseline with the Sox backup catcher. I'm sorry. Like, it's just not happening. You know what was interesting one time? And I know it was in spring training. Um, Probably about two or three years ago, they mic'd up Mookie Betts. And they had him conversating with uh, Joe and, um, I think it was Dave. Yeah, Joe Joe Castiglione and Dave O'Brien, the um, broadcasters for the Red Sox on the radio. It was very interesting. That, that while the game was going on, Mookie Best was having a conversation with these two. While the game was going on, and as soon as as soon as the play happened, and then I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something very kind of funny while, while while he was trying to catch a ball. So they they won't do that in normal games. Why? Yeah, I get I get it's a distraction, but this is 
you're having you're having a player interact with with the broadcast team while the game's going on. I, I find that interesting. I found it compelling. Yeah. I found it wow. Mookie Betts is actually like like having a conversation with with Joe and Dave while he's tracking a ball. And I don't remember what he said. It was it was it was sort of funny, but but um I think it's something like uh I'm gonna go get this one, boys, or or something along that line. Right. It was very. I thought it was funny. I thought it was clever, and and it it spoke to that that Mookie was able to multitask, where he's tracking a ball and, and talking to Joe and Dave at the same time. But they 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 won't cross that over to regular season because oh well well they have to focus on the game and and, and if the player's willing to do it, why not? And and I'll go I'll go a step further. And a podcast I, I listen to has great fan interaction. Twitter, Facebook, oh, not Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Reddit, all of them. Would it not be interesting to have interaction where the, the, the broadcasters are interacting with fans on Twitter while simultaneously talking to the players on the field? It could be just one player a game. It could be two players a game. But you do you not have NFL players mic'd up? I was going to say that too. That's a very good point. Yeah. I don't know if they they would they don't tend to do it like live. Um, but you well, saw, for, yeah, for <laughs> you saw the XFL doing it though. Yeah, that was I found that the most fascinating thing about the XFL was they, they were having that 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 live interaction. It, it we are in 2020. You need to keep up with the times. And they are incapable of doing that. That is why I call the sport dead. Is and you can throw all these numbers at me, and I, I've received them, and I'm I'm astonished by the, some of the numbers you've told me, because I would have not believed that at all if you had not right. told me you, 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 you did the research, you cross reference it. It it's just the mindset of uh, the BBWAA. The mindset of the commissioner's office, the mindset of the players, and the mindset of the owners tells me they will not evolve the game at all. And I will, I will pound the drum on this. They're 57 years old is their average fan base. That is going to crawl each year up and up and up. And I know what you said about uh, you know, fan, uh, ages 12 and up. Um, recognize themselves as baseball fans? Was that what you said? Yeah. I don't dispute the participation in baseball. Because if you participate in it, it's a different story than watching it. Because you're in it. You're active in it. I get that. They're just not going to watch three and a half, four hour baseball games. The attention span of each each generation goes down and down and down. And I've recognized that. And it's partly partly because of of um, social media, the uh, advent of computers, and the evolution of computers. The attention span has has gone down, so you have to keep their attention in some fashion. And I think they just don't know how to evolve the game because they just won't. Well, and I mean, I'm, I'm defending it here, but I'm also being honest. Baseball. Baseball in, in, in itself is a boring game. And I say that as a lifelong fan. It, it, it's not boring to someone like me who loves the ins and outs and intricacies and 
well, you got a left-hander and against a right-handed pitcher and or um, batter, and all those you know little ins and outs. I get all those things. Not every, not everybody does. Um, and not that I'm you know I've just been watching since I was old enough to remember. So I, I, I and I've read countless books on them. That's that's why I know it's not like anything anybody can learn. But um, I just I think you're correct. In saying that the average age will continue to creep up, but I also, you know, and in the same chart I was looking at, all the ages of the sports creep up. Over the last ten years, the only sport that has not had an increase in the average age is women's tennis. I believe it was. Yeah, actually, I, on this article I was reading, I think that was the, it was the same thing. Yeah. So I mean, sports across the board. As you said, as attention spans get get shorter and shorter, because of every kind of thing you can possibly imagine doing and every resource you can possibly imagine out there, you get bored. I mean, are you going to sit there and watch, you know, a, a six hour baseball game, or are you going to you know throw on a couple of movies and then get to bed and do whatever you're doing the next day? More than likely, the movies. I mean, you're not you're not really going to really care about you know staying up till two a.m. to watch your team put in their fifth relief pitcher. When you got to be at work at 8 a.m., it's just not going to happen. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, when there were less and less options for entertainment, possibly. Not in 2020, not going forward. I get that. However, the whole doom and gloom where this thing it can't change, it's, it's not going to change. You know, this is, this is just it. They're doomed. I get in the current state it is, and I get they have not always been willing to change. I made this argument to sh- just show. There is still interest in the game. The game is still very much alive. It's in trouble only because of the ancient friggin' people who are in control of it right now. You know, nobody wants to let go of any little corner of control. First of all, the Baseball Writers Association of America is Mm -hmm. a joke. That needs to go away. Period. Yes. Because they're the same problem with the Hall of Fame. They're the stuck-up noses in the air that aren't going to put great players like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. And yeah, both those guys are a-holes, but they're also great baseball players, and great baseball players belong in the Hall of Fame. Same player, same people that wouldn't vote in Derek Jeter, hundred percent. Yeah, because they had uh, to prove the damn point. Ken Griffey Jr., hundred percent. Yeah. Because back then they wouldn't put Babe Ruth in hundred percent. So we can't have anybody else go until Mo Rivera. And it seems like now. Oh, Mo Rivera is going to be the only 100% player in, and I'm te- that's it. I'm telling you, though, man, I'm telling you. With them agreeing, it seems like a small thing, with them agreeing to go DH universally. For one year. For, I, for one year, but it's something you wouldn't have even considered 10 years ago. For them agreeing to do that, it's going to open the door, along with a lot of younger players speaking up about being unhappy. Agree with what they say or not, they're still speaking up and speaking their mind. Somehow it's I don't... going to have things, things are going to change. And if not, if not, then, hey, maybe in, in 20 years we'll be talking about, remember when baseball existed? I don't think so. I think that's really, really extreme. I think if the NHL can still have a foothold in America and make money, that, because that $5.1 billion that I showed yeah. was just NHL hockey. It wasn't hockey around the world. That's the NHL's money. So if you're still getting that kind of caliber income, Baseball was double that. They were still there's a long way for them to fall, is what I'm trying to say, before they even get there. And 
I just find it hard to believe it's going to happen fast enough to where none of these guys are going to be out of their positions of power and we get somebody in there that can change things. I do agree. They have done a horrible job at marketing their young stars. and Because like you said about Mike and Amuki Betts, yeah, that's funny. That gives you insight into the person. Like I remember I've been watching Patriots games. I've been watching like a, a, a Patriots and Ravens game and then Michael Bray Lewis. And watching him on the field, I'm like, God damn, I can't stand Ray Lewis. But then you hear him on the mic, and he's like, damn, that was funny. Like, I don't want to laugh, but and, and it, it shows not... you an inside into their mind, into who they are, how they are on the field, like a more personal view. You feel like you're actually in there. Like, if you're not a Patriots fan, that's fine. I dare you to go watch Tampa Julian Edelman mic'd up. Oh, my God. And not... Just friggin' love that guy. Hate the team if you want, but love that guy when you're done. He's hilarious. Disclaimer, they have to um, they have to edit. Yeah, if you have kids in the room and it's unedited, I would, you know, yeah, put yeah. some headphones on. Because he, you know, and, and it's pretty much the same with any football player mic'd up, except for Phillip Rivers. So, Phillip Rivers and Clay Matthews, they are pure as the snow is what. Yeah, well, whatever that means. But, I mean, there are ways they can do it. I'm just saying... Oh, there are ways. The, the whole, the whole, the whole nail in the coffin thing with baseball is—it's it, not nearly the doom and gloom. But that is not for you and I to decide because I made my argument, and you made yours. So now, we'll put it in the hands of the listeners, and they can, and they can, and they can tell go. me how correct I am and how very wrong Ben is. Your Honor, I rest my case. Yeah, and they're going to side with you. It's just too bad we have one more topic. I can't just close on right. that. Because unfortunately, they're going to side with you because, as I said to you before, I, I can't find a person that agrees with me. Well, I mean, that's kind of been a trend in life, hasn't it? Yeah, that is a trend, unfortunately. <laughs> All uh, right, we got, we got one more topic here. What, 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 what do you got? Yeah, let's, the, let's, uh, let's move on. The Packers. This is astonishing. This is astonishing, Chris. This is. I was really impressed when I heard this because normally when we, when we talk about the Packers, we're laughing about... How much of a whiner Aaron Rodgers is, but this is actually something really cool they did. And since right. I just, I just, you know, forced every one of our listeners to tell you how wrong you were. Yes, I'll um, I'll sit out, and you can explain this one to them. So this is an interesting, interesting, um, because the Packers are actually a publicly owned. If you didn't know that, um, there's no not one owner, and no one person can have more than two hundred thousand uh, shares of the organization which is crazy but um they have uh, five million my five million shares of stock that are held by three hundred sixty one thousand two hundred fifty six people i think majority of them uh live in the wisconsin um state okay. green bay area they set aside and they apparently started this a long time ago they there's a uh right at the moment i don't have a spec- specific time frame when they started this they started saving money in the event that um, something happened, and they were they were booking more like uh, a league wide or local revenue dry up, right? Not so much uh, a pandemic, but they stashed uh, three. Well, right now they have three hundred eighty five million. Last year they actually had more, um, but uh, unfortunately they I guess they they lost a little bit. But you know it was only. Like less than ten million that they've lost since uh, last July, but they have three hundred eighty-five million dollars stashed in the event of something something happening. 
which is astonishing that they had the foresight to do this, and it seems like nobody else has it. Well, it's funny to me too. I mean, and hats off to them for you know having the common sense to do something like this. And like you said, it was for I think in case of like you know natural disasters or it just says uh, league, league wide shutdown because they have this uh, collective bargaining agreement every so often, and they have yeah. shut down for time periods before. Um, but it's funny because and that money is apparently to pay their employees, their their stadium workers, all the things that all the NFL owners are coming out trying to act like heroes for doing now. The Packers organization and their however many hundreds of thousands of owners they have all collectively agreed and had the foresight to put money aside from this. The football team was essentially essentially a corporation in and of itself. Right. To make sure that on top of probably making money hand over fist, because NFL teams just, I mean, they just they just bleed profits in a good way, not a bad way. But ooze profits, ooze profits. There we go. Yeah, whatever. Any any other uh, term you want to put in there, but good profits. Let's say that. Um. It, it, they had the foresight to say, okay. Things happen. We have the CBA every so often come up. The league constantly threatens shutdown when this happens. What are we going to do in this instance? I get it. We're going to take some of these massive yearly revenues and we're going to put it in a rainy day fund. Right. So for up to one year, if, if this shuts down and we have no revenue coming in, state, local, anything, we can still continue to operate as normal, pay our employees, and not have any of the drama and problems that a lot of leagues and companies are having right now. Right. Which just begs the question. If 300 and something thousand people that collectively own this can all agree. I mean, I'm sure everybody didn't agree universally. But the majority at least agreed to do this. Right. Why can one NFL owner with hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars not figure out this is a good idea? So I think I think they did this because they don't have that one owner that is, you know, filthy with money. Thankfully for them, because they have multiple businesses and they can they can they can pull from other resources to to supply the football team because the football team is a money maker, as you eloquently put. So I don't think they have that luxury. So that forced that forced. The Packers, as an organization, and the owner, the ownership as a, a large group, to do something like this. The question would be, what happens if the season doesn't start on time, and doesn't, for some reason, or let's say we restart, hopefully, in the next week or two, and we start opening it back up. And then that supposed second wave happens in late September. And then there's a shutdown for a month or two. Which of these teams are going to try to put their hand out for that if it comes around again, that PPP? And which teams are not going to? Because clearly the Packers are ready. Yeah, Packers are prepared and good for them. Packers are ready for for not having to put their hand out for the PPP. But we've seen... What is that for people who don't know? Uh, the payroll protection package okay. from the government. Because we've seen a couple teams, and you can look them up, that have put their hand out that they just shouldn't yeah. have. 
teams worth hundreds of millions of dollars asking for a handout. For for what reason? We don't know. I mean, they'll say one, but why? Yeah. So, and I understand MLB um, had a little time to prep for this, but they're still taking a bath. And NBA and NHL had opportunity to make some revenue this year, so they weren't 100% loss. But... I want to see what happens when if if there's a month shutdown during the season, who's going to put their hand out, and who's going to look at this right now and say, "Oh wow, the Packers right now." I'm talking about May 15th. They're looking at the Packers' news and saying, "Wow, they have they have money stashed away." You're Arthur Blank. You're looking at the Packers and say, "If I put my hand out in October because we shut down, what kind of?" Repercussions are going to get it. By the way, Atlanta does have some issues sometimes pulling a fan base. Sometimes. If you're the L.A. Chargers, you already have issues getting revenue in because yeah. you're, fan, you're building a fan base because you moved from St. Louis to L.A. because you couldn't get a stadium. And now you're trying to support two teams also. Right. Are you going to put your hand out? Oh, well, the, the Rams already did. The Rams today asked for a $500 million handout to help fund their new stadium. And they're not going to get it. Because they apparently, with their owner, who is filthy rich, doesn't want to pay the extra $500 million. Apparently, they need $500 million extra dollars. Just Apparently, it's supposed to just be laying around somewhere. But they need this to complete the stadium they're building. Right. How do you miss a quote by $500 million? I don't know. I just don't know. Because I know you have someone like Jerry and Bob, Jerry, I'm sorry, Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. I'm not mistaken. They fully funded their own stadium. I believe so, yeah. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Arthur Blank put up his money to fully fund uh, the, the Georgia Dome because uh, Arthur Blank made his money Home, Home Depot. Depot. Yep, Home Depot. Obviously... Uh, Lambeau Field is publicly funded, but it's also been around since... Yeah, it's like sacred ground in football. Right. Yeah. Like, that'd be one of the excuses I put as far as stadiums that can last because... Yeah, yeah. Sta- People up in Green Bay can handle the cold, too. They don't need all this fancy crap. No, they're, they're built. Yeah. They're built They're, they're built for the long haul. So th- that's what my question would be. In October, November, if we get a shutdown in that time because a second wave came through. Because it's going to look terrible if you're... I think I've ran out of all the owners. I kind of know. But uh, Stephen Ross with the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Wolf Family with Minnesota? I don't know. No. Yeah, Minnesota. The Palula Family with the Buffalo Bills. The Kaw family with the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. You put your hand out, and Green Bay has done this, and they could sustain for a year. I think the Kahn family is worth like $30 billion. Right. So they, are they shouldn't be putting their hand out anywhere. Filthy, stinking rich. Yeah. They should be able to support their team for at least a year. Because if there's one league, Chris, that I think could could take the hit, come back next year, and just... Open the doors up and, and be ready. It is the NFL. They bleed money, Chris. 
Yeah, they also that's lose a, it and hemorrhage it and all that stuff. That, that's too, a little yeah. that's a little jab at you. That's cool. I can appreciate that as you're upset you're wrong about but, baseball. But so. aren't you don't you agree that that would be an interesting an interesting um and honestly damning on the owners if they put their hand out in October, November. Oh yeah. I'm just I I, I applaud the Packers and their 300 plus thousand owners on, on doing this. It's, it's great foresight. It's great. And honestly, if I'm leagues and ownerships of franchises, I start looking at what the Packers did and say, this is something we need to do. This is something that maybe we can't do it right now, but we get back in business. The first thing we do is we start this rainy day fund. Well, I'm running down a list of, uh, and I'm looking at right now, um, NFL owners. The the poorest, poorest, okay, NFL owner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That I can see is uh, Mark Davis of the Oakland Raiders at a 500 million dollar net worth, and he is the only one on that list under a billion dollar net worth. All these people have the money. Now, uh, to be fair, that was the 25 richest owners. So there are apparently seven people underneath Mark Davis who have less money than him. But what? Yeah, you're right, seven. No. Nope. Seven. 25 plus seven is 32. Six. Because one of them's the uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, that's so n- – none of these guys are – and this is – I mean, obviously, you know, net worth includes assets and things. It's not just liquid money, and it also doesn't count for. Like, you can have like a crazy amount of income. That's 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 not including income and revenue from the team. That's just like assets that they have. Right. So you're not even counting like the money they get in. I mean, how all that works is a little confusing because you look at somebody who has like makes thirty million dollars a year and they have a twenty million dollar net worth. So all that kind of gets a little crazy. But all these guys have their hands in so many multiple businesses. Right. They can put money aside for their employees and for their business operations. They just don't. Look at Fen- and, look at Fenway Sports Group. They're they're dipped into baseball, Na- a NASCAR, and European League hockey. Uh European League soccer. You have your that's just what I know about. That's not the other stuff they have their hands in. So you're absolutely 100% right. They, they, they should, as financial, supposed to financial whizzes, they should know how to manage their money 10 times better than you and me. It's just that simple. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm the last one to tell anybody they should expect a handout or get a handout, but I just think that when you run a business that big with so many moving parts, you should have some kind of preparation for, I mean, nobody could see this coming. No. We're going through now. But apparently... 200 plus thousand investors in the Green Bay Packers uh, managed to somehow see and have the foresight that they should have some kind of rainy day fund and billionaires can't see it even though they have the money. It's it's an interesting uh, interesting look at uh, the human mind. And it would also speak to the players a little bit to say, huh, do I want to sign with Jacksonville? Do 
Do I want to sign with Seattle? Or do I look at Green Bay and say, they have a rainy day fund. So in the event that this happens, I may still get paid. And we, maybe, maybe this never happens again. But something like this could happen again or something of, you know, like the, the purpose was to, for in case local and, and, and league-wide revenue dried up, they could still get paid. So that's another thing you have to think in this situation is that this organization has, has given themselves a, a cushion to fall on. And an NFL player who has a short lifespan in the NFL has to look at each organization when they make that decision to sign that contract. Yeah. This, this will now be a factor. It will be a factor on some people's minds. It's like, oh. this, this, is, this has brought a lot of things to the light, and, and, and a lot of things that weren't a factor before will be a factor going forward. Correct. Which, some good, some bad. But Well, I'm good. Anything else you want to well, get out of here? No, I'm all set. I'm all right. Get out of here. That's going to do it for us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, or please, please, please feel free to tell Ben how very wrong he is after my argument with my defensive baseball in our first ever sport court. Or if you have a topic that you would like Ben and I to actually dive deep into and dissect from a number standpoint, please let us know. And Ben, we're going to do that. Well, they can hit us up on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Football. Or they can hit us up on Twitter. That's BCTS Pod. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Hope you are all staying safe and healthy out there. And we will see you right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.